Hey, good morning and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast, 81821. Nice to be with you. I'm Bruce Hooley. Really appreciate your time that you take to listen to the podcast, all the content, perhaps, if you make it all the way to the end in the faith portion of the podcast. That's pretty awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, we will start today with a little Ohio State football. Oh, what could be big on the Ohio State football front, Bruce? Oh, I don't know. Naming a starting quarterback, which is in effect what Ryan Day has done. Before we get to that, and no, sorry, no surprises there. It is C.J. Stroud. It's not Quinn Ewers, although he is on campus. Let's start with my favorite coffee. That's not a surprise either. It's Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. Loyal sponsors, great people, phenomenal coffee, phenomenal mission. Business and ministry together. Bam, they're making an impact. Business and ministry. Paul, Grace, Andy, all the great people at Hemisphere buying their coffee direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, and every bean, hand-picked, tender, loving care, roasted in Mechanicsburg, Ohio, expertly so. Paul is a coffee connoisseur. It's a nice way of saying coffee snob. I hope Paul doesn't mind. But he doesn't buy just anything. It has to meet his exacting standards, and it does, and it will meet yours, as will the price when you use the promo code BRUCE. I'm sorry. That's not the promo code. The promo code is We Tackle Life. I'm blessed to have so many great sponsors and so many different promo codes that I sometimes get them confused. Use the promo code We Tackle Life in all caps, and you will get 15% off your Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. Order, become a regular customer, and thank you to those of you. Shout out Doug, shout out Stan, shout out my buddies who have become regular Hemisphere Coffee Roasters customers. Roy probably as well. You're all good men. I appreciate you all so much. Let me just say before I start this podcast, there are superheroes in our world, and those superheroes are single parents. Uh, I am in day three of having responsibility for everything at home involving only two of my daughters. And I cannot imagine how you single parents do this day in, day out, week in, week out. It is, um, it is tiring. It is, uh, I feel like I have to be a circus performer, a juggler of schedules. And, um, it's just really amazing that you single parents do this and I've always known it and I've said it but now I've experienced it it's funny there's a country song about uh, the name of the song is Mr. Mom and it's a guy who loses his job and his wife says well I'll go to work and he's like great I got this whipped I'll just sit down and watch TV all day and then he finds out after a week he can't do it he can't do the laundry he can't handle the kids and my kids are self-sufficient, so um, but not drivers. So I've been logging a lot of miles and having a lot of quality time with them in the car, and I'm enjoying it, but it is exhausting. So shout out to you single parents. Um, may God give you the grace to get through it. Okay, C.J. Stroud is your Buckeye quarterback. We all knew it. We thought, eh, maybe Kyle McCord, you know, based on the spring game, I think the buzz, if it was not about Stroud, it was about McCord. It's going to be Stroud. I covered a national championship team way long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you will go, wow, you're old. Yes, I covered the national champion 1987 Miami Hurricanes. I've told you this story before. They were loaded everywhere. Benny Blades, Brian Blades, Melvin Bratton, Alonzo Highsmith, Michael Irvin, uh, George Myra Jr., uh, Russell Maryland, stacked all over the place, except at quarterback, 
where they had first-year starter and successor to Heisman Trophy winner Vinny Testaverde, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh was just a guy. He was a first-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys, and he played for a little while, but Steve Walsh was just a guy. And Jimmy Johnson told him, if you don't turn the ball over on our side of the 50, we'll win the national championship. He didn't, and they did. And I've told you that story before. I raise it again because I feel C.J. Stroud only need play like that. But I think C.J. Stroud has a better arm than Steve Walsh had then. Steve Walsh made every throw he had to make, including a really super uh, long, perfectly lofted, on-target touchdown pass to Michael Irvin at Florida State in their uh, one really tough, close game, greatest college football game I ever covered. And Stroud, he's loaded too, man. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, Master Teague, Mayan Williams, on and on and on. An offensive line that any quarterback in college would be envious of. C.J. Stroud is tricked out. Defensively, eh, I don't know. The Buckeyes don't have a Miami Hurricanes-type defense. They don't have a crusher at linebacker. I know people think their pass rush is really good, and I tend to think their pass rush is really good too, but... They don't have a Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young. I mean, you know, Jack Sawyer will get there. Uh, JT Tuamilao will get there. Tyreek Smith, he's a good player. He's got a pop if he's going to be, you know, transformative. Zach Harrison, good player. Zach Harrison been what you thought out of high school? Eh, right now, i got to say probably not. Um, Javante Jean-Baptiste, good player. I don't know. Um, you know, is he a... Super stud, and they lost Tyler Friday, who I would say was their best pass rusher coming back. So I think the defense, they got a bunch of athletes. They're going to fly around. They're going to make a lot of plays. They won't be victimized by any offenses that they play, other than maybe Oregon's. Minnesota's not going to get them because Minnesota has their best wideout hurt in practice today. He's not going to play, I don't think. So uh, bottom line is uh, C.J. Stroud is going to put up a super season um, is he going to hit 40 touchdown passes? Probably not. Here's why. Because I think they're going to beat everybody so bad. And I think Ryan Day wants to run the ball, and he's going to have some really good running backs and really get back to a J.K. Dobbins-type balance that they had two years ago that I don't think Stroud will have to throw uh, the ball for. Although, who's going to cover those guys? So it wouldn't surprise me. If I had to set the over-under for touchdown passes for C.J. Stroud, I'd probably set it at 32-and-a-half, somewhere in there. Um, He's going to be really good, and they're going to be really good. And I know people are clamoring to see the other guys. It's a weird, weird phenomenon of many football teams that the most intriguing guy is the backup quarterback. That'll be true this year with Quinn Ewers over there. And there'll be people who love Kyle McCord. I don't think Jack Miller has a whole lot of friends in Columbus. For some reason, Jack Miller just hasn't resonated with people. I guess people gravitate toward uh, a California kid, Stroud. Uh, Miller was kind of hot when they first got him, and he's oh, he's kind of old news. He's like your favorite pair of jeans. Like He was the first guy to commit, so he's the first guy people forget. So it's Stroud's job. He's going to hold on to it. He's going to be tough to beat out. And I think the delicate thing for Ryan Day is how do you show C.J. Stroud you have the kind of confidence in him that he has to feel you have in him when he goes into a game like 
the first playoff game because nobody's going to come close to them in the Big Ten or in the playoff. And, you know, if you're yo-yoing him in and you're kind of tantalizingly tolerating, yeah, you know, so-and-so's looking good and we might want to get him in early and heaven forbid you take C.J. Stroud out after he throws an interception. I've watched this happen so many times. I don't know how many coaches I have to say quarterback is different. Do not let your quarterback think there's somebody else who's a reasonable alternative to him. Do not do it. I watched it with Kent Graham and Kirk Herbstreet. I watched it with Joe Germain and Stanley Jackson. I watched it with Bob Hoying and Brett Powers. I watched it for a little bit of time with Craig Krenzel and Scott McMullen. I watched it with Steve Belisari and Austin Mockerman. And I watched it with Troy Smith and Justin Zwick. And then I lost interest because I just got tired of watching it. Cardale Jones and JT Barrett, you're screaming at me. Yes, Cardale Jones and JT Barrett. Enough! How many of those worked out great? Zippo. That's how many. They always end up losing a game they shouldn't lose because they have toyed with the emotions of their quarterback, which means they have toyed with his confidence. Ryan Day's a different guy. Ryan Day was a quarterback. So, so was Tress. So I just hope they don't make that mistake. It's Stroud's job. You want to have a position battle? Have it next spring. Okay. Preseason football, the Bengals will be back at it tomorrow night. No, excuse me, Friday night at Washington. Uh, that used to mean Dwayne Haskins. Doesn't mean that anymore. Dwayne Haskins with the Steelers, and he looked good in uh, their preseason debut. Brownies are back at it like it's the regular season. Sunday, 1 o'clock against the New York football Giants. Presumably we'll see Baker Mayfield. Doubt we'll see Joe Burrow. In the Bengals game against the Redskins, maybe in the third and final preseason game? I don't know. They've said no, but Joe Burrow's knee says, let me out there. Let me at him. So we'll see how that goes. Justin Fields, very impressive in his preseason opener. So Andy Dalton, theoretically, is your Bengals starter. But I don't know. Andy, wouldn't hold on to that job too tightly, my friend. Might be Justin Fields coming for it if he continues to play like he has. Okay, a couple other uh, sports notes, uh, college football related. Game day, week two, September 11th, is going to be in Annapolis, Maryland. They're not going to be at Ohio State. I know you were all thinking, ah, oh, come to Ohio State. Nope, sorry. The 20th anniversary of 9-11 will have game day in Annapolis, Maryland for Air Force and the Naval Academy. I think that's great. I must confess that I am very sad that I think the 20th anniversary of 9-11 will be not as commemorable, memorable, as it would have been if we did not have this humiliating, I don't know any other word to say it, this humiliating withdrawal from Afghanistan. It is very hard for me to separate the images of innocent 9-11 victims choosing to plunge to their death from the towers rather than burn to death and watching Afghan refugees who know they're going to be killed by the Taliban try to get leave that country on an air flight and fall out of the sky from an airliner. I'm just so sad to see this situation. We have to be better to our people who... Um, 
supported us over there. I'm, I am so sad for anyone who lost a limb, a life. I just think of all the lives we expended over there, and I do not want any soldiers to think that they served in vain. You did not serve in vain. You kept us safe for 20 years. I am so grateful for your service, your bravery, your valor, your courage, and I just wish that we had um, planned better our exit from Afghanistan. So I'm very sad about that. Uh, okay. I'm also sad about this, but not in nearly the same way. John Rahm, remember, had a six-shot lead after 54 holes of the Memorial Tournament, and they came out and grabbed him on the 18th green, which I don't know why this conversation couldn't have taken place in private, and made a big production out of Rahm has COVID, and he has to withdraw from the tournament. Okay, I thought that was stupid. He could have played. He's outdoors. He could have played by himself. He could have played with a partner way far away. Anyway, he couldn't win the tournament. Two weeks later, he wins the U.S. Open. Okay, good for John Rahm. Great. Then he gets vaccinated. Okay, so he's doing everything they told him to do. Then he tests negative, tests negative, tests negative. Whoops. Right before the Olympics, he tests positive. And they tested him again. He tested negative. They tested him for antibodies. He had them. He had them. He had the antibodies. Okay, so he's good, right? No, he tested positive again. Can't play in the Olympics. I love it that Xander Shoffley won the Olympic gold medal. I hate it that John Rahm is now saying the test was a false positive. And I knew it was. I have a really educated, really smart, really, really smart doctor friend who said the COVID cells in your nose can stick around for you know, six weeks, longer, long time, long time. And depending on how, you know, fierce the person is with the swab and how deep they dig, they can get old dead COVID cells out of your nose. So you can test, a couple guys have tested positive like right away after they got vaccinated. And I just hope we don't have a high school football, volleyball, soccer, golf season marred by COVID. Man, I know, I get it. Half of you probably are ter terrified of COVID. Half of you aren't. Uh, I'm not. I believe firmly God has ordained all the days of my life. He knows when my calendar runs out. Nothing I do will change that unless I go out and decide to jump off the top of my barn tonight. Uh, nothing I do that's not ridiculously stupid will change that. And so I just don't have a white knuckle grip on my mortality. And um, I feel bad for people who are afraid of a virus because I see people wearing masks and it's like, wow, that would be, you know, if you really feared it, I mean, that'd be scary. I don't I, I, I'm not scared very often. Um, you know, when I have a bad dream or something, that's not fun. I wouldn't want to live like that all the time. So, um, I just hope we have a high school football scene because here's the deal. The kids deserve it. We got, we got, and I usually don't say that word very often, but the kids deserve an opportunity to be kids. We got high school football this Friday, right? Let them go, man. Turn them loose. Let's play. I'm going to be at, uh, Oral and Tangy Orange and Darby, uh, PressProsMagazine.com. Nobody covers high school football like us. We will also have Reynoldsburg at UA. That's a battle of really good quarterback from Reynoldsburg, really good running back from UA. Uh, we're going to blow it out this year on high school football and uh, PressProsMagazine.com, covering the OCC, covering the Columbus Catholic League. Um, we're excited, man, and we cover Western Ohio football, the Mighty Mac Conference of Champions. Uh but don't 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 call games off and all that. Don't do that again, please. Don't do that to the kids, Governor. Just don't. All right. 
the the tests are big, but the the tests are big numbers, but they're not hospitalizations, they're not deaths. Like, let's go, man. Let's 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 get back. Let's get America going again, man. Let's get it going again. Let's let's start loving each other. Let's start let's start pulling for each other. Let's start encouraging each other. Let's uh, let's take all the things we learned when we were playing sports and let's like you had guys on your team maybe weren't best friends with them, but we pulled together, man. We got to pull together, and um, we can we can do so much better, man. We just can, okay. So now um, reminder that auiinfo.com is a phenomenal partner of the. We Tackle Life podcast. I'd love for you to send me an email, we tackle life at gmail.com. I would love for you to review the podcast on iTunes. Um, and if you're a business owner, I'd love for you to go to auiinfo.com or an individual. Just go and see what the site is about. Just, I know you can't believe somebody could give you something for nothing. I know you can't believe any advice could be good advice. It got to be an angle, it got to be playing something. No, they're not. Trust me, man. You're going to be so glad I introduced you to Chrissy the smartest person that I know in matters of insurance and benefits and HR and compliance and government regs, man, she is on top of it. And uh, I would just be really, I, I love introducing people to good people. And Chrissy is good people. And so's Julie, so's Steve, so are the other people at auiinfo.com. Like, get after that. And it's always free. It's not like, oh, first visit free, then how much? No, not that way. They get paid, but they get paid by the people that you choose to do business with, who they present to you as options. So auiinfo.com, go after it, auiinfo.com. All right, um, faith portion of the podcast. And uh, I'm kind of winging this because I don't have my Bible in front of me and I am going to share with you from my morning uh, Bible study where I I have been in Isaiah a lot lately because a really good friend of mine, shout out Stan, um, encouraged me to read Isaiah. And always before I thought, hmm, this is boring prophecy. I won't have any idea what's going on in there. And I'll just say that reading Isaiah has been eye-opening for me in discovering the character of God. Uh, I think I have, hopefully, a pretty good handle on who Jesus is and was and will be. Likewise, I'm getting a better handle as I go on the Holy Spirit and his role in the, uh, the, the Godhead, the three-in-one, God three-in-one. And obviously, I know God's the Father, but I think what Isaiah has done for me is it has given me a a window into how deeply God hurts over the disobedience of his people and how ordained the eventuality of the consequences for that disobedience and how uh, certain the eventuality of his forgiveness will be to those, and we've all uh, fallen short, to those who've fallen short and repented, followed the path that he's established to uh, cleanse ourselves of our sin in his eyes. So it's just really been good for me to read Isaiah. And then I do my Proverbs. You know, I always do my Proverbs chapter corresponding to the date of the month, and that's been very meaningful lately. 
And today I found myself wandering in Mark 5. Now, I had a different Bible with me this morning. I have the NIV Bible that I have uh, emptied the ink in about six or seven different pens on by underlining things and writing in the margins and taking notes and all that. And then a few months ago, I bought, I was hoping to buy a New Living Translation because when I was a young man, which is a while ago, uh, <laughs> my parents one year for Christmas got all three of uh, us boys uh, the Living Bible. And my aunt, my dear, dear, dear Aunt Phyllis, also had a Living Bible. And when Aunt Phyllis passed, I was blessed to receive her Living Bible. So I get to see what she underlined in her Living Bible, and it's coming apart at the seams, literally, because she was such a faithful reader of God's Word. And so I wanted to um, get a Living Bible that I could read and mark up, because hers is pretty flimsy, and mine, I've I wanted it to kind of be the one I marked up as a kid so I could go back to it later and maybe give it to one of my daughters and say, this is the Bible I had when I was your age. I guess there's only, uh, well, there's two of them there that are that age right now. And they could see what, you know, young Bruce (laughs) uh, was uh, struck by in the Word of God as a teenager. So they didn't have a living Bible where I went, and uh, I was on a budget. So I bought this other Bible, and I was reading that Bible today. And it was kind of cool to read a Bible that was not marked up and in a little bit different language and a little bit different verbiage. And so uh, I happened to go to the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark today. And recently I've shared from um, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, in a couple of podcasts. And today, um, I reread that chapter. It's the chapter where Jesus encounters the demon-possessed man in the cemetery, the guy that's chained up, Legion. Then he encounters the woman who has a mysterious bleeding uh, illness, and she reaches out and touches his robe as he's in a crowd of people. And she gets healed, and he's like, who, who touched me? And the disciples are like, everybody. And then the final part is a synagogue ruler, Jairus, his daughter is sick and dying, and he comes to Jesus, and he's like, would you please come and heal my daughter? And Jesus is on the way to heal her, and word comes that, no, nah, too late, she died. And Jesus is like, no, nah, she's not dead, she's just asleep, and everybody laughs. Ha, ha, ha. Sure, Mr. Big Man, you think she's just asleep, she's dead, we know what a dead girl looks like. And he gets there, and, and he says, uh, Talitha Kum, I think is what he says, which I think means little girl rise, and she comes to life. And uh, I think I shared with you guys Monday that um, we've got a we've got a we're on the precipice of what I hope will be a transformative week in our family's life with a a situation that a couple of people in our family have been dealing with for a long time. And man, I got to tell you, like those three healings <laughs> just hit me like a ton of bricks today. And I sat in my chair and I just curled up and. Um, and I got pretty emotional. I got pretty emotional thinking about my wife and my daughter and um, what they've um, shouldered, what they've endured. Um, I repented of not being um, uh, insightful enough to see that. Um, probably not compassionate enough. And had I known more about it, I would sure love to believe I'd have been more compassionate about it. 
And I tried to think in my mind of those three powerful, powerful healings of people who the man with the demons was tormented. The woman with the bleeding was desperate. The father with the dying daughter was both tormented and desperate. I think all three were just desperate, all three at their wit's end, all three powerless. They've been, I mean, when your daughter's dying, you just can't do anything about it. And you, you know, you'd just be like, ah, yeah, yeah, what am I going to do? Uh, you, the, the demon possessed man had been struggling for so long with the demons, like nothing worked, right? They chained him up. It didn't work. The woman with the bleeding, I'm sure she'd exhausted every possibility and nothing worked. And so what worked? What worked? All three people. What worked was they made themselves available and they reached out to Jesus. They made an effort to get in touch with him. They made an effort to implore of him that, that they could only get healing from him. And I'm, um, I'm well aware that my daughter and my wife, um, some may say, if they come home this weekend and they've had a transformational experience in their health, there will be some that will um, view this as a um, innovative medical treatment, and that will be true. But what I am most hopeful and excited about as we embarked upon this, um, this chance is that the people who offered it to us are deeply committed believers, as are we. And all of us together agreed up front that if this reaches a conclusion that is transformative, the healing will not be because of scientific innovation. The healing will be because of God's timing, making this available when he did, connecting the dots of some really, <laughs> of some heretofore unconnectable dots, and because God chose to work in this way. And... Um, I get that there are a lot of people out there who doubt the existence of God and the personal nature of God and probably if they listen to this part of the podcast, uh, mock it and make fun of me. And, you know, some of that I got coming to me because I was not a very nice guy for a long time in my life and projected a lot of rotten attitudes and attitudes. Just rotten, rotten. I can't do anything about that now. Except I cannot repeat it. And I can um, tell you that if I could change it, I would. But I can definitely say to any of you who are desperate in your life, this Jesus is real. <laughs> this is no fake. This is no baloney. 
this is everything to me, to my wife, to my girls, to my deepest, closest friends. This is everything. And I would love to share it with you. I would so love for you to experience the peace, hope, assurance, comfort, conviction, guidance, inspiration of a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, of the presence of the Holy Spirit inside you, of a loving Heavenly Father who you know will welcome you into His arms someday and forgive you for all your mistakes. That's what I want for you. And I tell you about it every week on the podcast because I want it so bad for you. So, um, <laughs> man, you just don't know what you're missing. It'd be such a tragedy if you just let your life go by and didn't experience it. I'm telling you. Shout out to my buddy Scott. He found it. He found it in his life, and he knows. Sadly, if you don't have it, you can't know. And if you do have it, you do know. And if we have it, I wish we could give it to you. But all we can do is hope you find it. So we'll help you get there any way we can. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, my attorney is Willis Spangler Starling. It's not, uh, I didn't weave it into the podcast very well, but the people at Willis Spangler Starling are good people. I trust them. You should trust them too. They're Christian people, good people, great people. WillisAttorneys.com. WillisAttorneys.com. Talk to you Friday. If I'm still standing as a as a miserable failure of a single parent for five more days. God bless. Have a great one.